Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we're getting off the clock about being on the clock. Mm-hmm. Talking about the job. The job. And it's funny because Sam and I have talked about this with you guys kind of sporadically throughout the show, but we thought we wanted to do one really good episode where we deep dive into this. Actually, we meant this to be a bonus episode, Mm -hmm. but we talked too much. (laughs) I was like, there's no way we're going to get this out in 20 minutes. Yeah. So let's just do it justice and get into it. We have a lot of ground to cover today. And by the way... Um, it is Libra season. Oh God, is it already? Uh, yes. Oh boy. Here we go. Here we it's go. Tori's time to shine. Uh, <laughs> Libra life. Um, Moses and I here. It's, it's our birthday. Okay. Month. Yeah. So I just told her that it's my dog's birthday in October and she's like, he's a Libra. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? He's a so, Libra. It makes a lot of sense though that Tori and Moses have the same sign mm-hmm. because Moses has big Libra energy. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely does. All right, right. so we're sitting on the floor right now. (laughs) And why? What's your tip of the week, Victoria? All right, let's get into it. This is actually kind of a funny story. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring this to the podcast, but whatever. We're going to talk about it with you guys because it's real life. So I this last week... Was it two weeks ago when we were in here? Maybe it was a week ago. It was about a week ago. Okay. So there was this smell coming from the podcast room and progressively the smell started getting worse. So initially I just moved some of the furniture in the room and I just realized like something is off. So I was like, I was convinced it was the carpet initially. I thought it was maybe like a plumbing leak. Right. I thought, right. A water leak or something. It just, something was off. So we pulled all the furniture out. I baking sodaed the whole ground and, you know, I vacuumed it up. I just got, I had fans in here going, trying to get the air circulating because there's no windows in here. This is sort of like a basement room in our house. And so that wasn't working. Long story short, Friday, my brother comes over and he's like, okay, we're literally going to rip, rip apart this whole room. So we go through and we open up all the cabinets and one of the cabinets I opened up, I opened it up and I was like, oh my God, it's it's in here. The smell is in here. And in the cabinet was a costume that Sam let me use for a holiday party. I wanted that dress back, by the way. It was like, it was like an elf dress. It's an elf dress. It's a Christmas elf dress. It's really cute. Super fluffy, tutu, just all the holiday feels. And pull it out and it's definitely like a little heavier than it should be, you know? And so my brother grabs it and he was like, oh my God, it's, this is it. So he takes it outside and shakes it out. And there was definitely a rat, dead rat in there. I could have gone my whole life without knowing this story. So long story short. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to have the carpets clean. We're detoxing this whole room. The whole thing. I'm like, we're going to bring in some, uh, some sage. We're going to be saging this room. The whole thing. But, um, the tip of the week and the moral of the story, my brother told me, he was like, do you have poison in the house? And we, we actually have some, some little poison. Like what are those for for mouse, for mices, for mouses, whatever. Meese. Meese. <laughs> Just Because our next door neighbor, who's low-key a hoarder, okay, love him to death, but um, he was emptying out his garage, and I think he stirred up like a mouse. Creatures. 
Oh, like what critters. Is that? Yeah, creatures. He stirred them up. And so we knew we had something kind of going on. And so we left out poison. And he's basically like, okay, so what happens with that is they eat it. And then they try and go back to their little space and they die. So rather than doing that, you just need to leave out traps. So no poison. Go with the traps, you guys. Long story short. Okay. <laughs> but the traps are traps like, don't work. Because I was like, traps like to catch them and release them? Or we're, we're killing? We're killing. Sorry. Oh. I know. There's no way, good way to say that. There's no good way to say that. Oh, mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I guess that's, not, that's better than poison. What do yeah. you call it? A slow death. It's a slow death. Like oh. poison is definitely a slow death. And yeah, I feel bad about it. But he was like, he's a pretty good size. It was gross. Oh. It was just, it was all bad. I know. I know. So it happened real life here, guys. <laughs> so here we are. We're sitting on the ground. <laughs> it's cozy. I would like to honestly kind of get bean bags in here. Yeah. The love sacks. Mm-hmm. Love a love sack. What if we did like a round table like in the middle here? That would be cool. With like. It is. Like I love sitting on a couch, but it is nice interviewing people when you're like mm-hmm. directly across from them. I know. We might need to change up know. the juju. I don't know. I do love our couch. It's, it's I know. It's hate. so comfy. But it does make me sleepy sometimes when we're recording. <laughs> Maybe it's the iron deficiency talking. But sometimes I get so sleepy where I'm just like. When are you getting your iron infusion? Oh, so I finally. Thank you, healthcare. Well, this is timely since we're gonna go on a little healthcare system rant today mm-hmm. but I finally got insurance authorization for my iron transfusion if you haven't been listening for a long time I at the beginning of 2021 was diagnosed with iron deficiency anemia and according to my hematologist is probably looking like it's going to be a problem until menopause which was honestly so offensive. I'm like, please stop saying that word oh, menopause to me. No. Like, I'm kind of low-key offended. We don't love that word. <laughs> but wait, do they know why? Like, secondary to a B12 deficiency coupled with um, my iron stores and periods. It's so crazy. Love that for me. Ugh, your I iron girls levels get bitch. real low. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, shit right now. Yeah. But I'm getting it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Here's my gripe with the healthcare system. Why do I need insurance approval to get the medication that my doctor prescribed for yes. me? Yes. My doctor is looking at my lab saying your ferritin level is critical. Mm-hmm. It was three and now it's nine. And he's ordering an IV iron transfusion. So someone that works for an insurance company that is not a doctor, does not have a degree in any sort of healthcare field, is going to look at that and be like, Hmm, does she need this medication that her doctor has ordered? Why are you telling me what the doctor, like, why are you approving that? The doctor is the one that's prescribing it. You don't even have, I don't understand our healthcare system. I think it's absolute horseshit. And I've had to wait around for an entire week to get that prescription approved or authorization for the infusion then like deal with scheduling so originally they weren't even going to be able to get me in for two more weeks which would be four weeks from the time I got my labs drawn to actually get the iron infusion so it's just like sorry it's probably frustrating because you can't book an appointment until you're approved by insurance correct so then it's pushing you back even further yep so it's and the fact knowing that I basically gonna have to get these infusions every six months until menopause so every six months, I'm going to have to deal with like feeling like shit until insurance wants to approve something that my doctor has already deemed medically necessary. Yeah. I hate it here. Something has to change. Yeah. I hope it's And the people lifetime. that are suffering are the patients. The patients. Yeah, for which sure. Which I, yes, I work in healthcare, but I'm also a patient and yeah. I'm annoyed. But I get iron on Thursday, so hopefully I will be less sleepy and feel a little bit more like a human mm-hmm. in the near mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. Love that for you. 
which was a total tangent from what my tip of the week is. What's your tip? Okay, what did you say to me that it should be that gave me like oh, heart palpitations? Okay. So I was basically saying like if you're ready for or if you're asking for something, you should be ready for it. Oh, fucking triggered. Mentally. Like, I, why should... would you attack me like that Here as your go. friend? <laughs> I have this like thing where it's like I want things. But then when they actually start to unfold, I get terrified. Mm-hmm. And that's, I need to go back to therapy. It's totally- <laughs> so, so go back to therapy. <laughs> yeah. So that's my tip of the week. Um, If you have not been to therapy ever, go. If you've been and then you felt like you were pretty good and you kind of stopped going, maybe it's time to check in and mm-hmm. go again. I have been very, I'm a very pro therapy. I'm all about it. Yeah. I go in spurts. And I'll go when I feel the need. And then sometimes I'll kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. But I think right now it's kind of time to check in because yeah, I'm like having these like mm-hmm. palpitations and heartburn over just <laughs> living my life and decisions I'm like having to make. And so, yeah, just check back in. We love a good little tune up. We love a good tune up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great, especially when you do start having those those mixed. It's almost like you get confused by yourself. I can't. You know? with myself I literally cannot even with myself because I think I want the things and so I kind of put it out there and I manifest the things and then when the things start coming at me I'm like oh no I'm scared I'm not ready for the things and that is unwell Samantha why am I like this why am I you can't be like this so I think I need to do a little tune-up yeah I love that for you yeah all right well we love a hot tip um unpopular opinion you guys this week was brought to you by a selfie listener so we actually both have been putting up the unpopular opinion box for you guys over on insta and we've gotten a couple of really good ones it's so fun to hear what other people's unpopular opinions some of them I totally agree with and some I'm like your opinion is trash yes. so here's what we're gonna do we're actually gonna implement them we're gonna weed them in here and uh we're gonna weigh in on some of your opinions too because we love it we love this for us this one I wholeheartedly agree with someone sent it to me and said I don't understand the hype over Dunkin Donuts yes agreed Dunkin Donuts are so overrated they're trash it's not my go-to. Is is this an East Coast thing? I think so. And is it do they just not know about good donuts? Yeah, or y'all. Why? They're diehards for dark for Dunkin' for sure. Have yeah. you actually okay, I get that people, some people are into the coffee. Me personally don't also see the appeal on the coffee. Mm-hmm. But the actual donuts? Yeah. I'm not well okay first of all I'm not really into the type of donut that they do I'm much more into the cake donuts that's just more my style you know and Sam and I we've both shared this on our Instagram our most favorite donuts are here in California sidecar you guys that's literally my favorite the the blue star no step aside absolutely sidecar sidecar is the way to go I actually okay I like blue star better than Mm -mm. sidecar what yeah no but I love sidecar it's just the only blue star is what like somewhere in like Venice or something yeah okay so but they like ship their donuts Blue stars in Portland it originated in Portland right okay they don't make them fresh in-house at every location, though, which is weird to Okay, me. I've only had them in Portland fresh, and they were mind-blowing, like, orgasmic donuts yeah, in no. your face. I'm obsessed. Sidecar makes Sidecar them Sidecar is delicious, though. It's insane. They're, like, these boutique delicious donuts. Like, their flavors are a little more obscure. Like, they have, like, um, their simple one, which is my most favorite, is the butter and salt. Butter and salt's bomb amazing the huckleberry huckleberry delish here's the one thing though that if you just put the regular 
mom and pop donut store in Southern California up against Duncan. I will choose that every time though. And I'm talking, so there's actually a big like underground donut culture. So actually here in Southern California, we have like a bunch of mom and pop donut stores. It began in the 1970s where these Cambodian refugees came to Southern California and opened up their own donut stores. Mm. And now there's like all the, you know, the fancy sidecars and blue stars, which I love. Totally here for it. But the mom and pop donut store. I'm here for this. With the, makes the perfect glazed donut. Mm. Krispy Kreme. I love a Krispy Kreme. I love a hot Krispy Kreme. But it like tears my stomach apart mm. if you have more than one. But one isn't enough because yeah. they feel so light. And it's then you eat two little. and then you want to die. Yeah. But the perfect glaze from a mom and pop donut store is everything to mm. me. And it goes so underrated. And then they have like your delicious maple bar. They have the cake sprinkle. That is like my, I would like a twisty glaze, Mm -hmm. a maple bar, and then the cake sprinkle white with the pink sprinkles. That I need in my life. We have a good local called Moon Donuts. It's here in the South Bay. Like everyone knows Moon and that's a really good one as well. And I love supporting the shops. Duncan can't even make a glazed donut. Mm. I'm like, there's barely any glaze on it. I don't even. What the fuck is this? I mean, I don't have much to say on Duncan. Duncan. I don't think I've been to a Duncan in a long time, but I just... I remember it not being memorable. It was, I I was honestly like angry at how not good it was. Mm, Okay. And then I'm just like, are the East Coast people okay? Have they just never experienced a good donut (laughs) and they don't know any better? I just think it's the biggest chain. You know what I mean? And like it's established as an East Coast thing. So it's probably like, you know, you're feeling a little East Coast rep, you know? I don't know. I think they're not i don't know it, it's the libra in me i'm giving you guys credit okay so we do not ship duncan i don't think sorry so. maybe in a pinch you know no okay i'd rather have a fucking croissant than a duncan donut overrated overrated all right speaking of which <laughs> healthcare working in healthcare is overrated healthcare. just kidding okay so this kind of tangent started because yesterday i worked yesterday and i had a good shift Good. I and, love that for you. And it's funny because I actually, you know, I came on my stories and I basically said, like, I had a good shift. Like, it was a hard day and I was tired. What's new, right? But it was a good shift. And the irony of it's kind of weird. Um, the amount of DMs I got almost immediately from you guys was, thank you for saying that. Like, thank you for saying I love nursing. And I kind of made that as a thing. I said, you know, I, I love my profession and you know, it's not easy. It's not roses. It's definitely hard work. But the amount of DMs I got was kind of crazy. And I think where my head is going at with this is there's a lot of negative circulating shitting on nursing and healthcare in general right now. Can I give an unpopular opinion? Go. Everyone right now likes to play the martyr mm-hmm. of nursing is so hard or working in healthcare. To- it is. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we work in it. We know. <laughs> it's a fucking hard job. But people want to ride this wave, wave. Mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, it's so hard mm-hmm. and everything. It's so difficult and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, all right. I think after a certain point, it just starts <laughs> it. feeling like it's, okay, we're done. We're moving on. I'm just kind of that person. And so I think, that, and to be honest, we all know this. This is not new. This has been a an awful year. Mm-hmm. And if anything, the last year, the pandemic has uprooted 
so many issues that we face in healthcare that are far beyond like it's these are big put them under a microscope yeah big systemic issues for sure and we actually we have a really great episode coming up for you guys where we're going to tackle that but today we really want to talk about nursing as the job and you know sort of like big picture where we're at with this personally I feel like I think another thing we do in healthcare is we don't separate our job from us as individuals. Mm-hmm. We take on this persona that we're a nurse and our whole life revolves around it. When I say I'm off the clock, I'm fucking off the clock. Nice. Don't text me, don't email me, don't, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not working. I left, I'm done. I tap out. The idea being nursing is what you do, not who you are. And I think that's a really big thing that we have a hard time with. Sam and I were, you know, kind of talking off the clock before we came on and she brought up a really good point which is you know I think we all come into healthcare with really good intention we do it because we really genuinely want to become providers we want to make change and we want to help people in a in a really tangible way and so you come in so fiercely and it really becomes a huge part of your identity and I think there's like it's like the f- stages of nursing right or stages of healthcare where you're like so into it and you're so excited and then it's like somewhere down the line you just realize you're like burnout yeah you, you get burned burnout. you hit the wall you get burnt out you get maybe screwed over by management here or there the rose colored glasses come off and you start to see the cracks in the system, you start to become disillusioned with the field. And then you kind of have a choice at that point. Are you just going to, one, live in that stage for the rest of your career? Yeah. Are you going to switch it up, shift into something new, or even better, stay with what you're doing, but figure out how to separate yourself from the job. Right. And it's interesting. So I was thinking about this because Sam and I both are at a place in our careers. She's now 10 years in. I'm eight years in. We're moving a lot of years in nursing. And we're at a place where we are happy with our jobs. I love my job. And I'm trying, I was trying to like really nail down like, why is that? Like, why are we at this point? And, you know, we've both gone through so many phases with this, but why are we so, you know, good with that in our job? And, you know, I think a big piece of it really is because fundamentally, Sam and I truly see it as a job, period. Like, it's a job. There are people that honestly, they hate their job. But at the end of the day, you show up, you do what you got to do because you have bills to pay, kids to feed. Right. I got Rambo Moses to feed. You got a car payment. You have this, that, and the other. Right. And they, you don't have the luxury to just do something different. I mean, would anyone work if they didn't have to? Right. I mean, okay, that's the thing, right? It's work. Yes. It's work. It, the name is work the for work is a work. reason. Right. So I finally got to a place where I said, at the end of the day, I'm lucky that for work I get to go to a job where I like my coworkers, I like my manager, I like the actual work that I do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I get to pay my bills in a way that is meaningful to me and that I enjoy mm-hmm. while I'm there, I'm grateful because not everyone has that luxury or that position but at the end of the day if I won the lottery I would quit right I wouldn't do it because it's work (laughs) if I didn't have to work I wouldn't work 
Bottom line. Okay, so this is where, um, for me, this is where I stand on it. I truly feel, you know, when you get to a place in your career and everyone's going to hit it, there's going to be a place or a time when you start to feel it. You, you guys, it's really hard to describe until you're in it, but there is a, a point to when you start feeling like, is this it? Am I happy? Uh, is this is this really what I want? And, and from to me, I feel like it's a big mindset shift. Like you really have to work on that mindset if you're not happy. And for me, a big piece of that has been shifting. Mm-hmm. I have had so many different shifts in my career. I was full time nights. I was per diem. I did travel. I've done um, critical care float pull. I tried nurse practitioner school that didn't work. You guys know the story on that. Um, and now I'm in my, my grad degree cause I'm so passionate about leadership and all the, the extension of the things that we're doing here. But I really feel that your career is your responsibility. And if you're not getting what you need from your employer, then I, you need, you have to take the reins and you have to shift. That is your job. It is your life. You are living it. And we're going to go into a couple things like some hot topics and extension of that. But screw the employers. Like your patients need the best you. Okay. So I know you did it. I think it's my turn. Uh, Here we go. I know. I I need to update my resume. Okay. Well, well, what are you going to use, Sam? All right. So you use Resume RX. I did. Tell me me about it. Give me the deets. Um, It's exceptionally sexy. Let me tell you guys. (laughs) So this is the best way to stand out in your job search. We are talking fill in the blank solutions for your resume and cover letter. We've talked about it so many times here. Resume RX. If you guys use code selfie, C-E-L-L-F-I-E at checkout, you are going to get 20% off of your order. You can use this for the online courses, templates, and resources for both nurses, nurse practitioners. You can use these resumes if you're an RT, if you're a PA, if you're an NP, does doesn't matter. These are applicable for any of you guys in the healthcare setting. Again, head over to ResumeRx.com, use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E, at checkout and get 20% off of your order. Okay, so when is your first night shift back? It is coming up in a week. Ooh, oh my God. You better, you better get ready, girl. Yeah, so you know I'm going to be using that Beam Dream, you guys. Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, energy, recovery, and of course, sleep. So you know I'm going to be taking about two scoops of that Beam Dream about 30 minutes before I hit the pillow. I'm thinking a little, you know, almond milk with that. It's absolutely delicious. Sam prefers the pills. I do. I don't like to drink things, but the capsules work amazingly. Absolutely. So if you guys are interested in trying out Beam, head over to beamtlc.com and use code SELFIE15, that's C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15, for 15% off your order. Again, that's beamtlc.com, code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15, and get 15% off to get that dream on. If you asked me four years ago if I wanted to still even work as a nurse or in health, I would have said no. Mm-hmm. I was miserable. I hated my job mm-hmm. four years ago before I switched to transport. Mm-hmm. Did I love Has it? Has it been that long? Yeah. Dang. Uh, it's three years ago. It's crazy. So I've been on transport for three years, but I would say that last final year before I went to transport, I was miserable and hated my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2017 miserable yeah hated my job we all know the moment 2018 you were crying in the patient (laughs) room with me so so great I think 
I was faced with that decision of like, what am I going to do about this? Mm-hmm. I already have my master's degree. I have seven years of experience. Where am I going with this? What am I doing? Because right now I'm miserable and I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of like factors that led into that. But at the end of the day, I had to make a decision because life is too short to be miserable Absolutely. in your job and let it affect your home life. Yeah. And it was. And that's why I say it's it's a job. Yes. And when it becomes your whole life becomes affected by your job, you have to remind yourself, I'm just doing this because I have to pay my bills. And if it's causing me misery, I got to... I got to change something. Yeah. It's interesting because I think there's a lot of different reasons why I have left jobs and I've never actually opened up about this with you guys. So I thought this is actually a good opportunity of you guys to hear just like some of the reasons. So here's a few of the reasons, right? Okay. So one of my jobs I, I left because literally the equipment and the actual organization was not investing in its own hospital so it had archaic i'm telling you guys it was like archaic monitors they were not updating their iv stuff i we were fixing the isolates in like in the nurses were in-house we were the ones fixing the isolates which is crazy to me Um, another job i left because i wasn't getting my shifts another job i left because of unit culture and the pay was not enough um you know and these were all different. I was at different phases in my life at the time. And I think that's something that we don't talk enough about either is like, sometimes your job serves you super well initially. And it's like everything that you wanted. And then as you grow in your life with journeys and chapters and new things that are happening, it doesn't serve you anymore. It's not the right fit anymore. Right. But ultimately, I think what it is, is Sam and I are truly treating our jobs like the jobs. I will tell you, Sam knows this. I love my friends, right? But I knew at certain times it was time for me to leave for professional reasons or for exterior reasons. You know, for me at this point, I want to get in, get out. Like I, hour per hour, that's important to me. And for my life, I want to get out of the hospital setting. Like I, you know, I want to, I want to work for the highest dollar for the most minimal amount of days. But no job is perfect. There's a reason I have two per diems. I'm not guaranteed shifts. Mm-hmm. Facts. I'm not I'm not guaranteed shifts. Sam needs healthcare. She loves her management. You know, it's like you you give and you take. I've had to deal with commutes. Like nothing, no job is perfect, first of all. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of what is serving you in this moment. For me, It was a time for me to leave one of my jobs, come closer to home, less commute, more pay. But those are, and you know, I'm leaving all my friends. Obviously, it's so hard, but I think it's really interesting because for me, the mindset is this is truly a job. And this is, it actually kind of helps me, like, I guess, survive mentally, like knowing like I have freedom to choose where I want to go. I love that idea. I love the freedom. And I think it's going to be interesting because we're kind of in this like now what stage Mm -hmm. of healthcare. The pandemic exposed a lot of cracks in the system and a lot of problems. And a lot of people have left. Yep. People have been like, we don't, I'm not going to deal with this short staffing, this pay, these ratios, not getting breaks. I'm not going to leave it. I'm going to go travel. At least if I'm going to be in poor work conditions, I'm going to make triple times the money. Right. 
and hats off to them. But where does that leave us as a system now? And where do we go from here? Because this is not sustainable. So this is where Sam and I kind of wanted to take this conversation. Sam and I truly treat this as a job, right? And when you're talking job, the expectation is you have safe working conditions. You have appropriate support. You have the resources that you need. And nationwide, and I would say worldwide, right, you know, this past year, obviously, our healthcare system faced really unsafe work environments. And I, you know, I can't, I absolutely support Sam and I. I'm like, if you're leaving your job, good for you. Go. Go do something that is better for you because ultimately it is a job. Your mental health will always matter more than your job. Mm -hmm. So go. But what do we do? Because everyone's going and this system is not sustainable unless there's some significant changes. Yeah. So I think that there is a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of changes, right? Starting to happen. And, um, Something that I think is really important also is, you know, social media, right? We have a lot of shitting on on nursing and healthcare in general, right? It's it's great. We love all the dark humor, the memes and all the things. But the the thing that I think is really interesting is there is there are 4 million nurses in the US, right? That is a lot of nurse. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And if you want change, you have to be a part of the change. You have to take the time to do it, right? You have to participate. And I'm talking to every single person here. If you're listening to this and you have had, you are in a situation where it's whatever the patient ratios are not good, the pay is not good, the um, the culture on the unit, some, anything that you are starting to see, I really do feel like it is part of us. It's part of our profession. It's part of our duty to make it better. I think we've been sitting back for a long time. We have. As a profession. We as a nursing, except that in our profession, that's just the way things are. Mm-hmm. We're used to not getting breaks. We're used to working short-staffed. We're used to being out of ratio, and that's just the way it is. And so we're brought up as baby nurses and raised as just that's the way it is. And then it just continues and continues and continues. Mm-hmm. And I think we've finally gotten to this point where people are saying this isn't okay. Right. But what do we do about it? And I think, one, talking about it is the first step. For sure. Having these conversations. You can't change all alone. Like one person can't solve this problem. But together, four million nurses as a profession can make a big impact. Right. I think it's also interesting, too, um, because, you know, right now, these conversations are starting to happen more and more and more. And I'm, there's a couple of people that I follow. There's one nurse, a travel nurse that I follow on TikTok. And she talked about this, about the fact that she's a travel nurse. She's an ICU travel nurse and that she, you know, gets to capitalize on being a travel nurse. Right. And she gets to travel around and make all these top dollars. But basically saying that, like, it is really frustrating from her end because the reason she's having to do this is because staff nurses will not stay. And that's frustrating even from her. And she said, you know, I would gladly give this up to have a system where nurses and staff and the medical profession are valued and supported the way they should be in the hospital setting and in any setting, to be honest. Well, you've been a traveler. So I understand traveling from the sense of you want to get out. You want to see other places. It's financially, you're making a lot of money. For sure. But at the end of the day, 
everyone wants to settle down, right? No one necessarily wants to travel for life. Some do. I'll say some nurses love to stay travel nurses. Some do. I don't know. I mean, there's actually quite a few out there that are like, yeah. But. But that's my whole point is because we've made it desirable to do so. Do you think that they would want to stay traveling if they actually had the ability to get hired on as staff where the pay was actually really good, where they had good ratios? It is not easy to jump from hospital to hospital, learn new policies, new systems, new charting, new everything, and always constantly have to meet new people, meet new doctors, learn a new unit culture, new way of doing things every 12 weeks. So do you think that if they were actually those people that you're saying, well, yeah, they do like to travel. Okay. But if they actually had the ability to get a staff job where they were respected, treated well, offered fair compensation, good benefits, and good ratios, getting their breaks, had a good unit culture, why wouldn't they want to stay? But those aren't available. This is who I was trying to find. Um, her name is Anna. Uh, she's a travel nurse. She's a CBICU travel nurse. And she's uh, popping off on TikTok. I love following her. And she brought this point up, um, which I thought was really interesting. So she's traveled all over. And she brought up that she was traveling in Northern California. And she said it was such an interesting dynamic because she was coming in as a travel nurse, but the support from the nurses around her in the unit was really, um, she felt very supported by them because there, the pay for the nurses, the staff w- is very comparable to what she's making as a traveler, right? So she was saying like, they're like, yeah, thank you for coming. Like, we really appreciate all your help versus the travel nurses who go to hospitals where the pay is awful. You're getting paid, what, at least 20, 30, 40% more than the staff. Plus, you have stipend pay and non-taxable pay. So you're making even more money on top of that, essentially. Um, And they get bitter. Like, nurses get bitter. We get bitter. I mean, I've been that nurse where you watch a traveler come in and they're making so much more than you. And it's frustrating because I'm watching, you know, we're watching our colleagues leave bedside in droves because the upper management, the the white suit, the, the the suits essentially, if you will, men and women are dictating what's going on in these hospital settings, which is really frustrating. To me, that's that's probably the biggest thing. But it is interesting. Like, think about a world where, you know, we're all getting paid what we should be, and the reason travelers are coming in is truly just to fill gaps, like how it started. Like it, the the issues that we're having right now is so. It's so palpable everywhere. Well, and if we got proper compensation and treatment and the conditions were better, there wouldn't be those gaps. Granted, obviously, there's things that happen where you'll see surges in census and temporary, but you wouldn't be having to permanently year-round staff your unit with travelers if your unit worked on actually retaining their nurses to begin with. Yeah, and that's a trickle-down effect and something that I think is really important and something very tangible that all of you can do. I, uh, Sam and I have talked about it before. We're big advocates of the new, it's a nonprofit that started called Impact Healthcare. Uh, we will actually be bringing on 
the founders down the line, which we're really excited about. So it's it, this was created by four founders. Um, one, Abby, she's, I believe, the lead on this. She's a nurse. She worked ICU in Manhattan during COVID. She's now a non-union. Uh, she's now a union organizer. And then there's also an emergency medicine physician. There is another nurse who she has her MSN in leadership, and she's big on human rights and healthcare advocacy. And then there's also a U.S. Navy veteran. And all together, these four women are creating this huge, I would say, movement. It's starting. And they're tackling things from head down, from patient ratios to insurance issues to um, pharmaceutical policy. And what's interesting, and I keep hearing this over and over from other influence, I would say like management, middle management, nothing is going to change unless it's literally policy. Mm-hmm. It's at the policy level. Like this is something where this is so big, but it's there's 4 million of us. And if we are all paying attention, something is going to change. Safe staffing ratios should be nationally Absolutely. recognized and 100%. enforced and mandated. Yep. It should not just be a California's got a good thing. Safe staffing ratios should absolutely be healthcare policy that is mandated. Yes. And it's funny because I shared this um, a while back, and this is very timely with what's going on because Kaiser potentially will be striking soon. And the reason I bring this up to all of you is because California sets the standard for the rest of the country, and it should be. And we really need to make sure that we're working together to make a better change or make these things, patient ratios, pay, um, supporting our nurses the way we should with resources and updated technology and making sure that we're able to give the right care to our patients that we can. And so I think it's really timely because Kaiser is pushing back on a lot of really big issues that is going on, which is so ironic to me because here we are a year after this, or we're still in a pandemic technically. And There are so many providers who did insane things during this. I mean, Sam and I both know people at Kaiser and we've heard the stories of what was going on in those. It's it's insane. And to me, the fact that Kaiser, now that the contract is up, is pushing back on things such as pension. And for the new nurses coming in, it would be, it's even more important. It's even more important for the new generation coming in because of the changes they're trying to make. So there's a big pushback, potentially a strike coming up. But I think the importance here is understanding that this is our job, right? Sam and I are honing in on this is truly a job. And therefore, that's why this is so important. This is it has to do with safety and ultimately has to do with our patients. It's a trickle-down effect. If you're if you're asking people to come in over time, you're exhausting them, you're wearing them out, you are not supplying them with support, with, with the adequate amount of equipment and supplies and the, just able-bodied people to physically do the things that we need to do. You're going to wear your people out. People are going to leave in droves. Well, I think that they're capitalizing on the fact that we as healthcare providers see this as more than just our job. So we take this sense of pride and this personal responsibility to provide the best care for our patients and to also support each other. And because of that, we get taken advantage of. Because when you get called to ask to pick up that extra shift, it's we're so short, we're out of ratio. And so you're you're like, 
oh my gosh, I, my patients are going to suffer. My coworkers are going to suffer and they're going to not get breaks and they're going to be short staffed. And so you feel bad and you feel guilted into it. It is not your job to staff the unit. Nope. And they pull at the tug at those little heartstrings. And I think we, again, because we have such good and pure intentions and we treat this job as more than a job, we get suckered into these things and that's how we get burnt out instead of just saying no Mm -hmm. it's not my job absolutely and that's that's the problem is that when you are looking at something more objectively like this is my job other people (laughs) that work in a business office are gonna sit there and say i get my lunch break Mm -hmm. i'm not doing this i'm on my lunch but we're oh well okay we're not gonna take our break because our patients need us and we will. And I've done that. I've gone entire shifts without taking a break because yes. my patients needed me. And honestly, if you even said, go take a break, I'd say, no, I'm not leaving them. But it shouldn't be like that because we should be well-staffed enough that I shouldn't have to worry about not like being able to leave my patient. And I think for us to understand like as our job, it's a job. And we don't come into this. I think you don't, come, you don't become a nurse to get rich. But you can come in and say, like, you know what? I'm doing this because it's stable. It's great. It's good money. You may not last long because, honestly, it's hard work. Nursing is hard work. Like, there are times that I come... I mean, I've talked to you guys about this. I come home sometimes and I'm like, I literally physically, like, can't even lift my leg over the shower. I'm like, I'm so exhausted to just, you know, even standing up. I'm like, I have to sit down to, like, take a shower. You, know, you work it's like, with small humans. You're not right. turning. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think with that, there's, you know, again, there's 4 million of us. And I think if we are all paying attention and we are all trying to really understand the issues and really help drive change forward in a positive way, I think it'll really help. And I hope it happens in our generation. I think it might. Hopefully. I think we have way more power than we give ourselves credit for. We've just taken a back seat and shown up and done our job humbly yeah but it hasn't served us and we do it because we care about our patients but to better serve our patients we have to stand up for ourselves yeah a little bit and i love that impact healthcare is even being started because it's not just nursing it's public health it's a physician nurse it's encompassing all of healthcare because the problem is bigger absolutely yeah and I think that's the thing too is it's hard right because as nurses like there's only so much you can do but again there's four million of us I mean it is a domino effect and I think understanding the issues is really important so taking the time to understand your profession um, I just think that they are doing such a great job and I can't wait to see what they're doing Um, we quick update on that we are not going to be going out to Washington DC they did cancel the um the march but i think there's going to be a follow up sam and i wholeheartedly support this we will be going if there is a march or when there is a march we will be going this is just something i think we should all be really invested in i think we need to start pushing ourselves as a profession into getting more into one our professional organizations yeah nursing organizations and on top of that starting to understand healthcare policy and advocacy and how it affects us because we have the power but it's healthcare companies insurance companies pharmaceutical companies etc cetera, etc cetera, all pay millions and millions and millions of dollars on lobbying and things that are going to work in their 
favor. Like even in, this was a California thing um, back in 2020 during the election, but there was this proposition about ambulances and basically trying to make it so they didn't have to pay meal penalties or overtime for EMTs on the ambulance companies. But again, these ambulance companies have millions of dollars to sit there and lobby. And it's anyone knows when you're voting and you're looking at a proposition, you're like, do I vote yes or no? I want this to happen. But the way they write legislation and these propositions, sometimes you think you're voting for like yes, but your yes actually means no because it's all about how they write it. So even getting down to the core and understanding. But the bottom line is these companies are million dollar industries and they pay millions of dollars to have people in um in politics lobbying for right. them mm-hmm. and we don't have that we need to lobby for ourselves yeah, so it's definitely time to start getting a lot more involved in policy making absolutely which is why you know sam has her msn in leadership and that's why i'm so invested in what i'm doing right now and why i love impact healthcare because all of them are so invested in that and in the lobbying process so we definitely highly go you know really get invested and start learning and kind of educating ourselves on it i think it's important you know and i think it is it's something that you know, at this point in our career, we are invested in because it is our job. That's how we see it, right? Like the ultimate thought on this is this is hard work. It's a job, but ultimately we do need safe work environments to do that. And so it's really interesting because we're we're just really advocating for you, all of us to band together as the 4 million nurses that we are and healthcare in general. Impact healthcare also, by the way, it's not just nurses. It's all, it's, all of healthcare. No, the amount of patients respiratory therapists were taking during this pandemic Insane. has been disgusting. Insane. One RT for how many ventilators? Oh God. Like yeah, 20 it... ventilators or something. That's obscene. And we need to band together. Yeah. We have the ability to demand better conditions. Yes. And it, this is for all of us. OT, PT, RT, RN, all the physicians specialties this is it's important these are really big things so we we are just very supportive of everyone getting involved we just love you guys um we we just thought it would be important for us to really touch on this today and you know it is important to understand you know we have a lot more power than you think that we do and it starts small even getting involved in your own individual units are you guys units that even have shared governance councils Do you have committees that you can speak up on and kind of bring these matters to those committees? And then you escalate from there. It's not easy, but it's time. Yeah. It's time that we start to speak up. And make sure to look at our show notes because we're going to leave a lot of links to nursing organizations, to impact healthcare, and other ways that you can start to just even better educate yourselves on this Mm -hmm. and how to go about getting involved. Yeah. And I think just to create the environment and the space and the cultures within your units that you want to be a part of, I think that's a really big piece of it too. You know, Sam and I, I've talked about this a lot. I think a lot of it comes down to mindset as far as when you're working within this space and to come in, you know, I know it's not, it's not easy. This is not easy work, but I do think it's on us. It's our responsibility as as professionals 
to really come in with your A game. I think that's really important for your patients. And if you're not on your A game and you need to change something up, then change it up. Kind of need to treat it like dating. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, don't accept these substandard yes. dates. Move on. Like, let that yeah. man go. Yeah. We love you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. We are, as Sam said, we'll link everything down there in the show notes for you. As always, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can check out all of our amazing things that they're linked there in the bio, all of our supporting sponsors and all of our goodies there for you and because the burnout is so real right now honestly you need a vacation yes you do so i know it's been kind of hard to plan travel and even think about it with a global pandemic happening Mm -hmm. but next april 2022 let's go like a pretty good and safe time to start to begin international travel again Mm -hmm. so we're inviting you all to bali with us april 2022 There's some spots left. The link is in our bio for the Bali trip, but it's going to be amazing. And honestly, just having that to look forward to does give me this like pep. We're so excited. And zest for life again, knowing that I have such an awesome vacation coming up. This is how we survive. Yeah, we have things to look forward to. So as this year is kind of winding up and you're thinking about your 2022 travels, I'm just saying don't sleep on Bali. We're going to have so (laughs) much fun. Reviews. Here we go. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review because we're sending out our goodie bags. Mm-hmm. You guys you guys know you're going to get those stickers, those pins, uh, badge reels, all the fun things. And click those five stars, you guys. Those This is what helps us. And we want to say thank you so much again. Um, we just love it. We, we've gotten quite a few really amazing ones lately. It's just been so fun. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you guys. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurstory. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned for another bonus episode coming up. Mm -hmm. Let's go. See you on Friday. Bye.